Praise the Lord. Second Timothy chapter two, verse fifteen, please. Second Timothy chapter two, verse fifteen. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So first you must know how to rightly divide the word of truth. Not just on this topic, but the other topics that we might be covering in the future as well and, and already in the past. So there are only two ways you can divide the word of God, right? You can divide it rightly or wrongly. And so here we come to uh, this topic, which is the mystery of the gospel of the grace of God. 1 Corinthians 4, see what Paul writes about this. Then to 1 Corinthians 4, and I really want you to keep a note of these scriptures because if you're having, uh, as a young Christian, if you're having issues um, with people that you talk to, either on campus or um, on outreach, or anyone who comes knocking at your door and want to give you uh, another gospel, um, hopefully by the end of part two, uh, this will help you counter those or, or fix the issue. Okay, First Corinthians 4 verse 1. Let a man so account to us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. So we see already that Paul was given this mystery, and it's called the mystery of the gospel of the grace of God. So go ahead and go to Romans 16, please. Romans 16, 25, okay, verse 25. Now to him who is able to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery, listen to this kept secret since the world began. So this mystery that Paul talked about, and it's according to the revelation that God gave him, and we will unravel all this, in due time, it's kept secret, it's kept hidden since the world began. It's a long, long time ago between the world began and when Paul came to the scene. And so in verse 26, but now made manifest by the prophetic scriptures made known to all nations. There will be no nations that's going to not hear this gospel. All nations will hear this gospel of the grace of God, according to the commandments of the everlasting God for obedience to the faith. So I guess it's fair to say that the gospel we have today is a mystery. But mysteries are meant to be revealed. So Proverbs 25. Amen. Okay, Proverbs 25 and, and verse 2. And this is what God said about the mysteries. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings is to switch out a matter. So God concealed it. He gives us or gives us the ability to switch it out. And praise the Lord, Paul has already done that for us. We just need to find out what it is that God has revealed to Paul. Also, Turn to Deuteronomy 29, please, and verse 29. The
The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong to us. Here it is. And to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. So that's pretty clear. We have a responsibility too to make sure we find out exactly by rightly dividing the word, rightly dividing the word of truth. All right. Let's get started. Matthew 19, please. So I wanted to hold your place in Matthew 19 after I read out the verses. Matthew 19, 16 to 19. Now behold, one came and said to him, Good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? Verse 17, so he said to him, Why do you call me good? I'm always stuck on this scripture. I don't know why the Lord said, why do you call me good? But that's probably one of the things uh, that we need to discuss on, on our Wednesday uh, Bible study. Anyway, we carry on. No one is good but one. That is God. But if you want to enter e into eternal life, keep the commandment. And he said to him in verse 18, which ones? Jesus said, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness. Honor, in verse 19, honor your father and your mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You'll notice there that the Lord only gave this young, young ruler um, the last six commandments of ten commandments. I don't know what... what that exactly means because he didn't give him the first four commandments, but he only gave him six. So the commandments, the deal of man between man and, an, and another, between man to man or human to human. All right. So keep your place there, please, on Matthew 19 and go to Acts chapter 2. And that's probably something folks we need to talk about on Wednesday at our Bible, Bible study. Acts chapter 2, verse uh, 37 to 38. And when Paco was um, preaching on the day of Pentecost, and um, Peter was uh, preaching a very stern message, and we'll pick it up on verse uh, 37. And 37 says, Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. Peter's message was uh, so bold, so powerful, and strong. And said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? And in verse 38, Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And he shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Right, keep your place there again because we're going to come back to these verses. Acts 16. Acts 16. Verse 30 to 31. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And this is the young jailer. This is the jailer, of course, when God shook the earth and the prison door opened and he didn't know what to do. He was going to kill himself. And Paul said, hold on. Don't do that. Don't harm yourself. And he came out and said, Sirs, what must we do to be saved? What must I do to be saved? So he said to, um, so uh, they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you should be saved, you and your household. So question, 
What's the common denominator between those three verses? I'll tell you. They all ask the same question. What must I do to be saved? What do they get? They all get different answers. And here's the problem. Because if you don't know this, and they come telling you that you need to keep the commandments, you need to keep the law, or you need to baptize to be saved, or you just believe, and they will say to you, but which one of these? It looks like your Bible is contradicting itself because you obviously either you can do everything or you just do one. You, that, that means that if you, you keep the commandments in Matthew 19, that means that the Acts chapter 2, where the, the um, baptism for the remission of sins is, is not valid. But of course, they're all correct. But you need to find out where you, what era you live in and what message or that you need to stand on and stand on it firmly. And of course they are correct. Okay, Jesus was correct at the time that he came, and Peter was correct in the day of Pentecost, and Paul was correct as well. Hebrews 11, verse 4 and verse 7. So by faith, these are the scriptures that we've already read before. So those references are um, Genesis 4, 1 to 8. Uh, so Hebrews 11, uh, verse 4. By faith, Abel offered, offered to God a more ex excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and through it, he being dead still speaks. So it's obvious. Well, I'm just trying to lay out what, what the steps are so we can arrive at where we are now, okay? Does that, is everybody keeping up? Is it, does that make sense? Yes, that's a resounding yes. Thank you. All right, so we see in, in Genesis 4 that where we just read that God was only interested in the offering of Abel. Why? Because it was a blood offering that pleases God. Right? It, it, wasn't, it, it, didn't, it didn't please him that it Cain came with the, uh, with the offering of his own hands, right? the outcome of his own doing. And it was always the blood offering that pleases God right throughout the covenants from, from the Garden of Eden right through to the book of Revelation, if you would like. And Cain didn't like that, and he killed Abel. So we see there that the dealing of God with Abel starts with Abel and, of course, finishes with Abel. Uh, Barry Smith puts, puts it this way. The gospel according to Abel starts with Abel and finishes with Abel. So we come now to Noah. In verse 7, so by faith, Noah, and we read about that already in Genesis 6, 13 to 22, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is according to faith. So we see, again, these covenants are massive. They're huge, but I don't want to go into that because that's a different topic. So we see that a gospel according to Noah starts with Noah and finishes with Noah. So we come to Abraham in Genesis 22, verse 1 to 12, that we just read when he was dealing with Isaac. So again, the gospel according to Abraham starts with Abraham and that incident with Isaac and finishes 
with vaporin. Again, in the incident revised incident revised. Then the Abraham um, covenant is quite large. It is irrevocable, it is everlasting. And I'm only dealing with that specific task that God gave Abraham just so we can see the steps. All right, so we come to now to the period called the law. You, you can read this in Exodus chapter 19 and to chapter 40, and also in Galatians 3, chapter 4. Again, this is this law covenant or mosaic or, or Moses covenant is actually quite complex and is the most difficult of all the covenant to interpret because of its sacrifices, priesthood, sanctuary, Sabbaths, and religious uh, festivals, and so forth. So, question. Where was the law given and to whom was the law given to? So well, the law started, I'll answer it. Now that I'm here. So the law start, uh, started or given at Mount Sinai to Moses. So this is the interesting bit. Where was the law finished? Please note, you've got to write down this thing so you can, these steps. So you know when, when someone tried to ch challenge you, you know how to present this thing properly. Otherwise, you'll always be confused. confused and what will happen, you'll, this is where all the religion will come into play. What will happen, you go join, if you're born again, you join, go and join a different religion because you don't know the steps. You don't know how to rightly divide the word of truth regarding the gospel of the grace of God. So folks, you've got to take this seriously, okay? So where was the law finished? This is a pivotal scripture. So if you know where the law finishes, then you know what the next step is. So turn with me, please, to Luke 16. Luke 16 and verse 16. The law and the prophets were up until John. That's John the Baptist. Since that time, the kingdom of God has been preached and everyone is pressing into it. So we come to the period of the law, and we know it starts in Mount Sinai with, with Moses, and it finishes with John the Baptist. But of course, it ultimately officially finishes with the Lord Jesus Christ. But then the next step was the gospel of the kingdom and has been preached and everyone is pressing into it. So we see like all the other gospels in the past, uh, uh, to use that term, the law has a starting point and also has a finishing point. Starts Abel, gospel according to Abel, starts with Abel, Abel finishes with Abel, Noah finishes with Noah, Abraham finishes with Abraham. Now we come to the Lord. So next comes, and this is next comes the gospel of the kingdom, which is after the law. All right. So right there, underneath the law comes the gospel of the kingdom, because that's what it says there. Since that time, the kingdom of God has been preached, and everyone is pressing into it. And it's John's gospel, John the Baptist. What is primarily has to do with to do with baptism, right? And we see this in Matthew. Write the scriptures down. See this in, in Matthew chapter 3, verse 1 to 6, and also in Matthew 4, verse 17, where even Jesus was also preaching it. So here's, here it is. So the disciples were tasked with taking this gospel of the kingdom, kingdom to the world. Correct? Unfortunately, they didn't. Not initially, anyway. So we'll see who they took this gospel to. Matthew 10. Verse five to seven. I tell you what, man. In this, um, in, in in practical terms, if Mormons come knocking at your door, don't go and hide in the bedroom. Open <laughs> the door, and then present this to them. Lock the door, 
And when I, when, I, when I first got onto this in the 90s, and I was minding my own business, just being in my living room, and there was a knock on the door. And these two, what do you know, these two moments. And I invited them in the house. And locked the door and present the gospel to them. And two hours later, they couldn't wait to get out of the house. They wanted to leave me with the Book of Mormon. So I said, oh, mm -mm, sorry. But what I'll do, I'll, I'll do a trade with you, I said. I said, what I'll do is I'll show you, um, I'll do a Bible study with you. And I'll show you this. I'm, I'm, Joshua was still very little at the time. And uh, Martin and Josh were in at the back here in the bedroom. And um, I proceed to, oh, the first thing was that they wanted to pray. I said, sorry, I'll keep the prayer to my house and I'll do the praying and then I'll do the sharing with you. And um, long story short, yeah, they couldn't wait to uh, get out of the house. And the following day I was cleaning the car and then they come along uh, and they couldn't come, they didn't come to, to our house. <laughs> and then I said to them, and I point to News House, but at the time they were living beside us and I said, I'll go to their house. They would love to hear you. <laughs> so I'm not sure in the end whether they went, well, went to News and Eddie's house. <laughs> but yeah, so if the, by the end of this two-part um, two series, try and remember everything. So you're not afraid of these people. No, you're not afraid of the Mormons. You're not afraid of the Seventh-day Adventists. You're not afraid of the, um, uh, of the Jehovah Witnesses. You can present this gospel boldly because you know what you're talking about. So Matthew 10, verse 5 to 7. These 12, this is the gospel of the kingdom of God. These are the people that Jesus said you go to with this gospel. Okay? But this is not the gospel we're preaching today. Uh, be mindful of that. This is not where we are in the 21st century. These 12, Jesus sent out after instructing them, do not go in the way of the Gentiles and do not enter any city of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, who are the people, who are the two people, or the two races, or the people, if you want to call it, that Jesus said not to go and share this message to? The Gentiles and the Samaritans. So the Gentiles is us. I'm still not sure who the Samaritans are, but that's another Thing that we can talk about on Wednesday, but go, or rather go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So this gospel of the kingdom, first they, they had to take it to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, not to the gen, not to us, or the Samaritans. There are twelve of them that Jesus tasked with this message, but it's still this the gospel of the kingdom it has to do with baptism. It's not what we have now. Are we starting to make some sense? All right. So Matthew twenty-eight. Go to Matthew 28, please. Uh, verse 16 to 20. Then the 11 disciples. Why 11? Because at this point, Judas Iscariot has taken his own life because he betrayed um, Jesus. The disciple went away into Galilee uh, to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And, and Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. So Jesus has got all the authority. Folks, the enemy doesn't have any authority at all. So don't be scared of him too. So, but go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. There we go. 
as gospel good kingdom in the name of the father of the son of the holy and of the holy spirit teaching them to observe all things that i've commanded you and lo I'll, i am with you always even to the end of the age so now they're going with the same gospel not just to the to the jews but now to the whole nation but it's still the gospel of baptism still the gospel of the kingdom and it is not the gospel we are we have today okay we have a simpler and an easier gospel otherwise the lord wouldn't have real this stuff to paul so you have to ask why did peter said what he said the day of pentecost no did every one of you be baptized in the name of jesus for the remission of sins meaning baptism now becomes a vehicle or an agent for the remitting of sins to be saved so if you had people said to you but you must be baptized to be saved tell them uh -uh, not so fast but you have to wonder why did peter sit that after all jesus has already gone to heaven but peter simply didn't know that there is a man coming with a new gospel and who is that man what is his name paul formerly known as Saul. so where was paul saying so now paul has come to the scene where was paul saying the road to damascus in acts 9 verse 3 to 20. just by the now we I won't, I won't read it because it's quite long and we're running out of time. But I want to just highlight verse 15, okay? And verse 15, uh, but the Lord said to him, go, for he is a chosen uh, vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. So so whatever the Lord has, has had in mind for Paul, it is going to affect us, kings, I suppose, we've seen leaders, and also Israel. Be mindful that Paul is a dual, has dual citizenship, born a Jew and also a Roman citizen. And in verse 16, for I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. And we'll, we'll find out in due course where Paul receives all this mystery, in my view anyway. So Paul was so excited, he, um, he got, I, I guess, if you encounter the Lord, the Paul did in, in, in real life. But the Lord spoke to him and those around him didn't uh, only um, hear, hear the voice, but I couldn't see any, anybody. And this is, I believe, was an audible voice. The Lord spoke to him in the road to Damascus. And so uh, in verse 17, and Ananias, let's carry on. Ananias went his way and entered the house and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road, on the road, as you came, has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight, that's verse 18, his sight at once, and he arose and he was baptized. So all three of the things are happening. The Paul was saved, filled the Holy Spirit, and then he was baptized. You notice the steps now, because we're going to go through that at some point as well. So when he had received food, he was strengthened and Saul spent some uh, days with the disciples at Damascus. Listen to this. Paul was so excited to be saved. Immediately, he preached the Christ in the synagogues that he is the son of God. When you're first born again, what's the first thing you want to do? You just want to share Jesus to everybody, right? On fire. <laughs> yeah, on fire, exactly. <laughs> and that's what Paul did. So... Don't blame yourself if you're on fire and you 
and some and you fall you know everything's so muddled up but you just want to please god and, and he, he was excited and i guess that's where god has to give him a thorn on the side to keep him humble and while all this is happening peter had a vision and there's a vision of uh, unclean things coming out coming down from heaven and he repeated and said lord i can't touch those things but this is talking about the gospel and god said to him in 1 verse 17 of acts uh, chapter 10 verse 9 to 16 uh, what god has cleansed you must not uh, call common but that said galatians chapter 1 please you go to the uh, podcast if this is uh, being recorded and listen to it again galatians 1 verse 11 to 24 this is where paul is getting all these mysteries from or at least this mystery of the gospel because there are i think there are eight i'm not sure eight or nine mysteries revealed to paul and i think there are 11 mysteries in total three gen- mysteries in general and there are uh, if i remember correctly eight or nine revealed specifically to paul verse 11 of acts 1 but i make known to you brethren that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man for neither i receive it from man nor was i taught it but it came through the revelation of jesus christ so everything that paul does is by revelation so we better listen to what he tells us for you have heard of my former conduct in judaism how i persecuted the church of god beyond measure and tried to destroy it and i advance in judaism beyond many of, of my contemporaries in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous for the traditions of my father. But when it pleased God, he separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace. So Paul was always destined to bring to us this mystery, to reveal his son in me. So again, his, uh, it is proof that he's born again, that I might preach among the Gentiles. I did not. Uh, immediately confer with flesh and blood in verse 17 nor did i go up to jerusalem to those who were apostles before me but i went to arabia and i think when he went to arabia that's where he received the mystery of this gospel the gospel of the grace of god in my view and return again to damascus and so what happened now in verse 18 then after three years I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and remained with him 15 days. So why was he going to Jerusalem? To show them, to tell them about this. Because God has revealed to him and the Lord's probably saying to him, you've got to, but I don't want you to go just to the public. I want you to go to certain people. Because remember, the Jews will not accept this. But you have, Peter, uh, Paul has to influence those who are higher ranked. But I, in verse 19, but I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. Now concerning the things I write to you indeed before God, I do not lie. Afterward, I went into the regions of Syria and Cilicia, and I was known by face to the churches of Judea, which were in Christ. But they were only hearing uh, he who formerly persecuted us, how I now preaches the faith, which he once tried to destroy and they glorify God in them. So he only saw um, only saw Peter and, and James. And so he was telling them about this gospel, the grace of God. And then uh, he returned, and I suppose Peter was saying to, uh, to him, when are you going to come back and tell the others? 
Galatians chapter 2. Galatians chapter 2, verse 1 to 2 and verse 6 to 12. I'll read it. So after three years and Paul went back um, to where he came from, I went down, but after that he went back. So three years he was receiving this, went down to Jerusalem, speak to Peter and James, and then he went back. But all that time he he hasn't really um, shown everybody except James and Peter. So he was holding on to this gospel. How long did he hold on to it? Verse 1, then after 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas and also took Titus with me. So he held on to this for 14 years. That's a long time to, be, to have that patience for holding on to all that mysteries and not to tell anybody, except the only people that he's told to, told to is Peter and James. Imagine that. You're just bursting to go and tell everybody, but the only people that knows about it was Peter and James for 14 years. That's a lot of patience. If you look back 14 years of your life as a Christian and what the Lord is doing in your life, that's a long time. And the Lord has taken you through certain, certain steps, certain things. And my word, that's, that is definitely a long time to wait to go back and tell everybody. And verse 2, and we'll finish with this, okay? And I went up by revelation again and communicated to them that gospel, which I preach among the Gentiles, but privately to those who are of reputation. This is talking about the apostles, probably Peter and, and James as well. This by any means I might run or had run in vain. So again, 14 years later, he went back to Jerusalem and now he's telling the rest of them. But here's the thing that really uh, got me. Now I'll finish with this. But uh, part two of that verse two, but privately to those who are of reputation, right? That's all the apostles. Lest by any means I might run or had run in vain. For a while I couldn't understand why, what that means, what Paul is saying. Why would he run in vain? But when you look at that, because um, Paul always said, run with the gospel and run like that you're going to win. But the only prerequisite, I, I believe, because you can run in vain. And you can run to win or you can run in vain. The only prerequisite, I think, to run and not run in vain is the gospel. So if you as a believer know all this stuff and you don't share the gospel with the Lord Jesus Christ, of the Lord Jesus Christ to anybody, if you have the opportunity, uh, folks, you're running in vain. And that's a serious charge. But every one of us who are born again has you have to run with the gospel, never to run in vain. Have the opportunity, share the gospel. All right. I'll leave it at that for now and we'll come back and wrap it up. Thank you, everybody.